Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. Eric, you're the comma guy today. What are we talking about? We are talking about Numbers chapter 9. We are going to start in verse 15. Um, so let me let me uh, provide a little bit of context, set it up before Clayton does our reading today. Uh, so the... The people of God have been at Mount Sinai for a while. They've been there for about a year. Um, and they have this thing called the tabernacle, which is the temporary temple, right? So it is where God's presence uniquely dwells. It's in the center of their encampment. It is the center of their social and religious life. And um, they're getting ready to move. God is preparing them to move towards the promised land. And in the first half of chapter 9 here in Numbers... Um, there are some instructions about celebrating the Passover, which God had instructed them to do to recognize and celebrate when God had set them free from slavery in Egypt. And then here in the second half of chapter 9, um, we have, we have some, uh, some information here about this cloud, the presence of God, the cloud that was hovering over the tabernacle. And so we're going to read chapter 9, and we're also going to do something a little bit different today. We're not just going to talk about Numbers chapter 9. We're actually going to dive into the Gospel of Matthew, because if you've been reading along with us in the Bible Savvy reading schedule, we've been flip-flopping back and forth between Numbers and the Gospel of Matthew, and there are some really cool links between what is going on here in Numbers and what is going on in the Gospel of Matthew that we're going to explore a bit. So, Clayton, take it away. Numbers 9, verses 15 through 23. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law, was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like a fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent... The Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it was lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out, but when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses." All right, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about observations from this particular text. Before we start jumping back and forth to Matthew, let's talk about observations from what Clayton just read. Uh, for me, it's a lot of repeating of uh, they follow the Lord's command. When the Lord said to camp, they camped. And when he said to set out, they set out. So it's like they, they look to him for every bit of their direction um also too like this whole like they, they could be there for a day they could be there for like a month a year uh from till eat from the morning until evening like and each time they literally had to back everything up and set it back up and then back like think 
that's a lot of backing Yeah, up like and- once you got camp set up, you're thinking to yourself, that cloud needs to hang out for a few days. Because <laughs> if this thing goes away in the morning and we have to tear down again... Yeah. Yeah. So as a like, as a uh, a planner who like has his calendar, you know, charted out for a long time, this this would drive me crazy. I'd be like, like, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Although that's there, there's a good thing. It shows that like sometimes when you are a planner, it's because you want to be in control. And so there's a certain amount of I'm not in control. You know, God's setting our 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 uh, navigation. He's setting our agenda. He's got the plan for this, and we're going to follow him. Um, I also think there's a certain. Um, you think about the posture that someone would take if you're in that camp. You're, you're, there's always some anticipation of saying, "Where's God's presence going to be?" You know, so we we want to be as close to God as we can. We're going to be near, you know, near Him, following Him. We don't want to wander off from Him. And so you're watching to say, "Where's God moving before you move?" And I, there's just a certain you, you just almost see like people looking towards that cloud all the time. Whatever they're doing, they're kind of looking at it saying, I wonder when it's going to move. I wonder what God's up to. You know, there's a there's a looking to God, uh, that posture of waiting and anticipating. Yeah, if if we weren't doing the comma method right now, it would be so easy to just jump to Christian application, the A and comma, right? Cuz it is so clear that they're just when God moves, I move. When God stays, I stay. So to just walk in the Spirit and take your cues from God himself, that would be the most clear application of this text. But we're doing the comma method, so we're spending a little bit more time uh, exploring the text. One of the observations, we're in the O in the comma method, uh, is for me, piggybacking on Nikki, what, what you observed, is not just how many times it said, and when the cloud was there, they stayed, and when the cloud left, they left. But this text going out of its way to, to tell you sometimes it was a day, sometimes it was this much time, sometimes it was this much time. And, and it made me think that I think what this, this text is communicating by going out of its way to point out that it was there wasn't a rhythm to it is you can't just attribute this to some natural phenomenon. Like it wasn't just like a daily like... It was just the morning haze, and every day the morning haze lifted and they left. It would no, no, it was very distinctly a cloud of God's presence that was guiding them to the promised land. Yeah, and there's also the the, the unusualness of it's a cloud at day, yeah. and flame at night. Yeah, you know, like the, the, this is clearly not some sort of you know natural phenomenon. Normally, if we would see flames in the sky, we should be scared because that's not normal. You know, something might be on fire. And it's, there's but. also the the like you've always got to you've always got to be able to see it. So so at night it's not you you might miss the a cloud, but it's like no you you always need to know where is God's presence? Is He here with us? Uh, the, like so He remains visible. If you're having a hard time visualizing this, uh, I want to remind you of something we said in the last episode, which is the Bible Project videos are really good, and what it will help you with in numbers is imagine. The, the, this community, God's people, and the way they set up camp, they were instructed that the tabernacle was in the center, and then the priests, the Levites, were in the next ring out from the tabernacle, and then all of the different tribes were organized, uh, spread out from that center. So you have the tabernacle in the center, and all it's like all of these camps are kind of organized uh, in a way ar- around that. And so if you watch the if you go watch the Bible project video it really helps you imagine in your mind's eye what this was like as they set up camp with God at the center and then moved when God moved uh it's it's really fascinating stuff. Any other observations before we start uh, jumping back and forth to the Gospel of Matthew? One of the things that I I think when you when you look at it that way and 
if you would say that the, the tabernacle was the center of their attention, that God was always the center of their attention, not only was did they have this reminder of like, oh, I've got I've to watch so I know when to move, but if you had that cloud of fire by night and that cloud by day constantly in your, your sight, I imagine it might help you kind of check yourself in the process of like, how, like, how am I, how am I, like, how am I living? You know what I mean? Like, it's this constant reminder of like God's holiness and his commands and he's there. He's right there. Oh, hold on. You know what I mean? Like, not like this, like, oh, is this guy that's going to look down on me and strike me with lightning? But it's that visual reminder of your relationship, of how you're connected to him. And that's like your source of life, you know, your source of provision. It's just this constant reminder. Yeah, can you imagine you're you're them, and you have God's presence all the time, visibly. Yet when you read Numbers, grumbling, complaining, mistrust, we, we were better off going back to slavery, and it it that reminds me, like when people say, like, well, if God would just do a miracle, I would believe, or if God would just speak to me, write it on the wall, I would believe. Eh, eh, we got a whole lot in the Old Testament that says eh, that's probably not true. All right, well, we're going to stop with observations there because we're going to take some time here to jump back and forth to the Gospel of Matthew. Um, And so what we're going to do right now, we've been talking about this cloud above the tabernacle. And if you have been reading along in the Bible-savvy reading schedule, bouncing back and forth between Numbers and the Gospel of Matthew, uh, just a few days ago, you read something that might sound strikingly similar to what we're reading here in Numbers chapter 9. Um, And so right now, what we're going to do is have Clayton read from the Gospel of Matthew, that text that we read just a few days ago in the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule. So this is Matthew 17, just the first few verses here. It says, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified, but Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. So you might have read that a few days ago, and it's possible that your brain doesn't even like make the connection to, to Numbers 9, even though we've been bouncing back and forth. But this is, this is part of the fun of reading the Bible over and over and over again and becoming more and more familiar with it is the more that you read it, the more that you discuss it, the more that you study it, the more that you start seeing these connections. And so you have, uh, first of all, I just find it funny that Peter doesn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> so he's like, uh, should I build something? Should I? Okay. Well, you know, he's asking, should we, should I make some tents? Yeah. yeah. Should I, should I make some shelters for us? Which you, you think, okay, he's, he's thinking back to 
this numbers stuff that we're reading, um, the presence of presence of the Lord, and then the cloud, right? Yeah. The, pre- the presence of the Lord shows up. Yeah. Well, they're they're on a mountain, so like at in in Numbers nine, they're still camped at the mountain, so they're they're looking at that. And Moses shows up in this in this passage. So in some ways, it, Peter, it, you know, he's connecting some dots. He's he's a little confused, but the idea there'd be a, we'd build some tabernacles here, and God's presence would be here. Yeah, we're gonna wait a little while until it it leaves again. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of stuff highlights for us again that the Bible is one continuous story. And especially when you're reading the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew's going out of his way to to tell his audience that Jesus is the continu- not just the continuation of the story. He is the fulfillment of the story. So this is this is one of those connections that you see that's really fun to notice. Yeah, when you when you think about Jesus as the fulfillment of the things that are, we're talking about here, when you hear the Father and Matthew say, "Listen to him." Listen to him. The, the cloud comes on him, so you get this connection to the tabernacle, and then he says, listen to him. And then you think back to these commands, whatever the Lord commanded, whatever, whenever the Lord commanded, whenever the Lord commanded, there, that, that authority rests on Jesus. He's the one that we look to, we keep our eyes on, and what he says, we do. Mm-hmm. So in the first half of Numbers 9, which we didn't read today, um, but I referred to, it's, it's reminding them of the instructions regarding celebrating the Passover, which the Lord had commanded them to celebrate to remember that he had set them free uh, from slavery in Egypt. And this was a, an annual festival that was to be celebrated. Uh, and then when you when you jump to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, and Nikki, I'm about to ask you this question. Um, when Jesus is celebrating the Passover with his followers... He does something very interesting with the Passover meal. What does he do? He takes the bread and he takes the cup, the wine, and he says that the bread is representative of his body and that the cup is represents his, his blood. And he calls it a new covenant. Yeah, so Jesus takes the whole meaning of the Passover celebration where they were recognizing God setting them free from slavery in Egypt and he says, now this Passover meal is about me setting people free from the slavery and the bondage of sin. And so you see these connections between the gospel of Matthew and what's going on in Numbers, and it's really fun to notice. It's fantastic. I, you know, I had an Old Testament professor who said he really likes the New Testament because it sounds so much like the Old Testament. And so, you know, like when, when you really get into the Old Testament, you end up seeing all the marks and all the fingerprints. Like these are these are the stories that the 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 Jewish followers of Jesus who wrote the New Testament and who were working among you know Jewish uh, people and trying to communicate to them. This this is the world they're in, and so uh, they're seeing all of this fulfillment and they're recognizing it and showing pointing all that stuff. So the more you know the Old Testament, the more you get the richness that the, the original audience would have seen in the New Testament. Yeah, it's that it's that pithy statement in the Old Testament the New Testament is concealed and in the New Testament the Old Testament is revealed. Uh, that that has always been uh, a, a a statement that stuck in my head and it's why I always whether I'm teaching the how to study the Bible class or I'm just talking to people about having fun reading the Bible, I think one of the most fun things tools in a study Bible are the cross-reference links. When you see those little superscript letters or numbers and you actually jump to the text it's sending you to and you start connecting all of the stories, to me, that's the most fun part about reading the Bible. My, my mom can spend hours just 
looking up all those cross-references. As one of the things when I was studying at Moody, she was like, "Get look at those cross-references. I'm like, all right, Mom. <laughs> it, it's probably not a stretch to say that if you just kept reading the Gospel of Matthew over and over and over again, and just kept looking up the Old Testament references from the Gospel of Matthew, that you would be an Old Testament expert if you just kept doing that over and over and over again. All right, so we're going to go back to Numbers 9 now. We just wanted to uh, take some time to jump back and forth between Numbers and Matthew because we thought it was fun to to not only uh, highlight those links, but also acknowledge that in the Bible Savvy Reading Plan right now, we are jumping back and forth between the Old Testament and the New Testament, but back to the cloud, okay? So uh, the camp the camp has the tabernacle in the center. The Levites, the priests, are the ones that live close to the tabernacle. Then from there, all of the different tribes are organized, and so that's how camp is organized. They have this the presence of the Lord in a cloud directing them. Uh, we've made all of the observations, and now we're on to message. So Numbers chapter 9, the second half of this chapter, what kind of message would we draw out of this text? I think I'd probably say something like, keep your eyes on God and follow where he leads. I know that sounds a little bit like application, but it, it, it definitely feels like the message of, of this, like, keep your eyes on God, follow where he leads. Yeah, same. I mean, it's, that's, it's very clear. There's part of me with my message that wants to cheat on this um, <laughs> because knowing the whole story of numbers um, and they start complaining that they want to go back. Um, and so there, there, is a, there is a part of the Christian life where every once in a while you reevaluate and you say, do I really want to go forward with the Lord or do I want to go back? Backwards is never better. It seems like it is, but the, the best way is forward with the Lord always. Even if you're wondering, like, where is he taking me? When is that cloud going to lift? How long am I going to be here? Is this going to be two days? Is this going to be a year? Uh, the better way is always to just to follow the Lord forward, which is pretty much what you guys said, but I just said it in a much more <laughs> long-winded and rambling it. way. You said it better. If there was a sound effect for, huh? That would, that's what I, it's on my phone. I need to go back to my phone. I had that sound effect on my phone. Okay, so it's time for meditation. And so once again, meditation is prayerful thinking, prayerful pondering, which is, uh, should always be a part of our Bible study life. And so you want to, you want to put together your Bible reading with your prayer life. Uh, it's a powerful combination. And so we're going to take 45 seconds during the podcast to meditate on this question. The question is very simple in nature, but perhaps difficult to answer. Here's the question. If the Lord is leading, am I following?
All right. And then we move on after context and observation and message and meditation. We move on to application. And so what is our application today from this text? I think uh, it's to take some time and uh, spend some time in God's presence listening to him. Uh, so there's the both listening to him through what he says in Scripture and saying, what, not just what does this mean, but what is it, you know, I know this is getting really meta here, but like to actually do comma and get to A, where you say, if God's leading, if he's commanding, if he's telling me to go and do something, and he shows me in Scripture those things, what am I going to do? Uh, but it's the Word and the Spirit, and listening to God's Spirit, his guidance, uh, have him show me, you know, are there steps I need to take? Are there, you know, ways I need to be obedient? Are there risks I need to uh, be willing to embrace? Um, and take some time to actually do that, not just kind of rush to the next thing as if I've got the agenda. Yeah, I agree. The, the one thing about this is it's it is very much a spiritual discipline in the sense of like being attentive to it, like every moment of every day, you know, and there's probably going to be times where I, I miss it, you know what I mean? But it's being intentional of, of saying, okay, asking the question, all right, God, in this situation, in this conversation, what is it that you would have me do? What is it that I'm supposed to say? Or am I just supposed to be listening to you right now? It's asking that question every every day, every moment. Man, that's a good ad. Am I just supposed to be sitting here listening? That's really good because sometimes they were just in camp for a long time, and sometimes that's the best place to be. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about right now uh, Paul's beautiful, honest musings. He's t- we're thinking about his own sinful nature, and he's like, I find this law at work, and he's... And he's t- talking about his, his sinful nature, uh, the, the good things I know I ought to be doing, I don't get around to doing, the bad things I know I shouldn't be doing, those things I find myself doing, um, and he's, he's, he's contemplating all of these things. And so as we're talking about just the very simple leading of the Lord, it would be, if the Lord says stop it, stop it. And if the Lord says do it, do it. Because that is the best way to live. God knows how he created us to live a thriving, flourishing life. And the best possible way to live our lives on this planet is to just obey God at his word, to stop doing the things he tells us to stop doing and start doing the things he tells us that we should be doing. Good stuff. All right. Well, that is all that we have for you guys today. We hope that you'll join us next Monday. In the meantime, if you're not following along with the reading plan, you can check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and to start reading along. You can also subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. And you can check us out on Twitter. Just look us up to get additional Bible Savvy insights. Lastly, tell your friends and we'll talk to you next week.